What kind of mindset struggles did you have to work through when you made that transition? Oh, so, well, there was a huge, I don't know if depression is quite the right word, but demoralization would be the right word in leaving my job because I'd never failed at anything before. But actually, it was exactly what I needed because all you do in entrepreneurial land is try things and fail and see what worked and what didn't work. And then you have to try something else again, right? So I lived in a place for so long where you weren't supposed to fail in corporate. If you failed, you know, you kind of weren't rewarded. But when you own your own business, you are rewarded when you fail because you try something different Mm. and you learn from it. And in fact, if you're not trying things and failing, you're not progressing in your business. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Small Business Startup Essentials podcast, where we dive into the topics of starting your own online personal brand business. Maybe money's tight and you'd like to have an additional income stream. Maybe you're making a later in life pivot and you'd like to try your hand at monetizing your expertise. Look, whatever your reason for tuning in, welcome. But now let's get right into this episode. Today, Danielle Jefferson is with us from Jefferson James Consulting. And Danielle started her own business to help all those small businesses that need to take what they do to another level. Danielle's that person that we all need, but just sometimes won't admit it to ourselves. She's a process and procedure geek. Just tell her what you do, how you do it, and she'll walk you through step-by-step with a plan for how you can not only save time, and we all know that time is money, but if you're thinking about having a VA, you know, a virtual assistant, or maybe even if you have a VA, she can help you streamline everything to give you more margin for doing all those other things you always wanted to do, right? Danielle is all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina, Just kidding. It's not really that far for me, but it might be far for you. Thanks for being with us today, Danielle. Thanks for having me. So you spend quite a amount of time in the corporate realm in Bank of America from your LinkedIn uh, profile history. How did this entrepreneurial journey all start for you? So, yes, I was at uh, corporate for 15 years and said, I think I need to do something different. And that was not entrepreneurship (laughs) to start because I didn't really have a thought in my head that I could ever start my own business necessarily because I had been, you know, in a job for so long. So I immediately jumped to a super small kind of startup environment technology company and realized that wasn't making me happy either. So where I landed from there was, hey, I should start a business. That's what everyone does, right? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I said, let me let me try it. Now, I tried it while I was still at my uh, technology job. And so that is kind of how I started a side hustle and got into dipping my toe to see if I really had this entrepreneur thing and could make something happen. So you went from big corporate America to little corporate America. America, right? What was it about it about that small business that just didn't sit well for you? 
some of the same inefficiencies and uh, lack of organization that I saw in the very large corporate environment also existed in a small space, also existed in that small startup uh, company. And that sort of was an alarm bell that went off to me that said, hey, these things are everywhere. Hmm. And so if I feel frustrated by the inability to make something efficient in a large organization and in a small organization, how can I do this for myself? And how can I help those businesses that are really giving back and a part of our community to make sure that they are available to survive and thrive instead of burning themselves out? And we all see those small businesses who who do that, who are uh, just putting their passion and their their time and their money and you know time with their family and sometimes you know a lot of times it's family businesses right and how can we help that be easier for them because that's how my mind works and that's the skill set that I have how can I use that to help small businesses that are in you know where we go every day so can you give me maybe a couple of examples to what you saw, not really in big corporate, but on the small business side, when you made the jump to the small tech company, what was going on around you that, that you said, you know, I can't fix it here, but I can fix it on my own with my own business. What, what kind of examples were you sort of seeing? To me, being an employee there, I'm sure I did not see everything, but from my perspective, uh, a lack of a clear plan for the business in terms of um, what types of clients we're working with, uh, where we were going, uh, interactions with the clients. So that's a very big thing I work on with with my clients is how are we making sure that we are always um, in a customer mindset, processes, procedures, people knowing what they're doing, just being able to be efficient with what we have to start before we move to that next level. So how did you go through that transition from being a, an employee to starting a, a side hustle? How did you work through that? So I hired a business coach, would highly recommend if someone doesn't know what you're doing, whether it's starting a business or anything else, hire an expert who has done it before and give you a blueprint to get there. And uh, I worked with that coach to start my business. And so that was, not only learning how to, uh, you know, formulate an actual business and, you know, get an LLC and all of the logistics around that, but then how do I articulate clearly to an ideal client what I do, why they should want to work with me, and then how to really start learning how to sell? Uh, because that's something I never had to do before. And so I just started doing that, I said, as a side hustle. And Little by little, doing that for a few months until I got more comfortable with that skill set. Uh, and, you know, then moving towards how can I really do this full time without having to work on the side? So, how did you work through like the, the, the preparation for a launch date? Did you pick a launch date? Not really. So, so, how did you work up to that where you actually launched your side hustle? So, I started doing when I launched my side hustle, I kind of just went into it. So that was the point of the program that I was in is it it helped you launch that. So um, I picked a very uh, start and stop program 
so that by the end of it, I would have my, my business. Um, and I'd recommend that for anyone. Don't just kind of meander through, right. And not have that hard date for yourself, whether it's self-imposed or you have a program holding you accountable. Um, and so by the end of that, I said, okay, I've invested this time. I've invested this money in starting this business. Let's do something with it. Right. And so from there, I started uh, socializing that with my friends and my family and former colleagues and starting to see where can I get my foot in the door to start getting clients. So were you, were you on like a 90-day like a, a program with your coaching or something, sort of a package where, you know, in 90 days, we're going to bring you from zero to launch? Is it, was it something similar to that? Exactly. I agree. So how did you know you were ready? Was it just pretty much the program is done? The 90 days is done. And, and now, you, you know, I'm going to launch this thing? Is, or did you, how did you know you were ready to launch? Yes, you were pushed out of the nest in 90 days. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, then I continued on into a sales program with the mm -hmm. same coach. Okay. Oh, so okay. because you have started a business doesn't mean you can sustain a business. Uh, now with my background and the type of business I was doing, I was, I would say a little, had a little bit of an advantage because I understood how to structure things. I understood how to put processes in place. And again, my gap was being able to sell. So I, I will tell anyone as, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you have a gap, go seek someone who can fill that for you rather than just sitting by yourself, spinning and struggling. Uh, so that's what I did. I, you know, learned how to start a business. I knew how to operate a business. Mm -hmm. What I needed to do was get people to pay me for the business. <laughs> <laughs> and so I continued in with sales training for a few months after that. And um, then it was just sort of an organic, you know, getting a client here, getting a client there for a little while. Mm -hmm. So you're full time, you're, you made the jump and you quit your job. Did you feel like you were prepared enough after those programs? No. <laughs> Okay. And there's actually an interim part that we haven't touched on, which is I was fired from that job. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I didn't actually quit my job and say, I'm taking my business full time. Look at everything mm -hmm. I've done. I'm so successful. No, that's not what happened at all. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're all hearing about this quiet quitting that's going on. I think I actually did that without knowing it. Mm -hmm. In, in 2020. And, um, you know, that is what led to me and my employer parting ways because I was more invested in what I was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I became more disenchanted with the way that that organization was being run quite frankly. And so I was kind of forced into saying, I can either go back and find another corporate job at this point, because that's what my background is or I can make this business work. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to look at the structure of what I was doing with my business to see if I could keep that sustainable revenue coming in. And so within that time period between leaving that job and going full time, I'd say it was about a quarter, three months worth of time. And uh, I kind of changed my business model. So um, I changed it from purely consulting based, meaning 
a project base where someone would pay me some money whenever they, you know, were ready for that uh, to a retainer model so that I could see some sustainable income coming in on a monthly basis so that I knew I could go full time. I had a runway. I saw a plan. Quick break here in the middle, friends, just to recommend something to you if you like to write. I know I do, and I'm usually in the middle of a writing project in one way or another. But I came across this course called The Author's Playbook by Dennis Geelan that really helped me in more ways than one. Just getting the resources at the end made it worth getting. Again, it's called The Author's Playbook course. It's under $100 and worth every penny. I'll put the link in the show notes for you to check it out. Just wanted to pass this tip along to you. Let's get back to the episode. What kind of mindset struggles did you have to work through when you made that transition? Oh, so, well, there was a huge, you know, I don't know if depression is quite the right word, but demoralization be the right word in leaving my job because I'd never failed at anything before, but actually it was exactly what I needed because all you do in entrepreneurial land is try things and fail and see what worked and what didn't work. And then you have to try something else again. Right. So I lived in a place for so long where you weren't supposed to fail in corporate. If you failed, you know, you kind of weren't rewarded, but when you own your own business, you are rewarded when you fail because you try something different mm. and you learn from it. And in fact, if you're not trying things and failing, you're not progressing in your business. So that was, that was very pivotal to change my mindset from you can never fail. Everything you has, ha, you do has to be a success the first time, mm. which is what we're taught in corporate and what's rewarded to it's exactly the opposite. Mm. when you're an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah, good point. So you developed some courses, right? How did you work through that? How did you say, you know, okay, now I'm going to go from just offering, you know, my consulting services to, you know what, I, I think I want to put this into a course. And, and how did you work through that? Because that must be a great way, a great source for a passive income, right? Yes, it is not passive. <laughs> oh. um, it will be someday, right? But right now it is a partially live course. So I still am doing the coaching, which I enjoy. Um, but ultimately it was through trial and error, through learning, um, through my coaching clients for the first year of the business and understanding what was working with them, what was most impactful for them um, and what what they really liked. And so I decided to bottle that up into an initial course that was uh, one month and four modules of amazing content, amazing templates and things that uh, I was using with my coaching clients every day. And that went well. And then I got feedback from that group that said this was too much and too short of a period of time. Mm. So I iterated on that and expanded what I had into what is now my 90 day CEO accelerator program. And so that is 90 days um, and eight modules of content materials and coaching as well in a group setting. So my point to all of that is saying, I started with people and I started doing it individually. And then I got the information and the data and the feedback from what they were telling me. 
And then I created sort of a beta group test, right? And so that that beta course, then I got the feedback on that. And then I developed what is now the actual product. Uh, so nothing, you know, necessarily was left by the wayside, but I took the best parts of what everyone was telling me that was useful to them and impactful. And that's what I bottled up into the course. Oh, good, good, good deal. So how did you get your first client online with your new business? Yeah. So my first client was actually my business coach, mm. which is really interesting because, and, and most people will find this, right? The first client is usually someone you already know. Mm -hmm. whether it's um, a friend or a colleague or, you know, someone who has been connected to you. Uh, I think people say like, you know, your first 10 clients are only like so many degrees away. Uh, so she saw what I was building with my business and said, I need this help. And you'll find that with coaches and consultants, we are able to quickly recognize when we see an expert doing something else and we'll go ahead and fill that gap for ourselves. So, so yeah. we're a really great client base to have. Uh, and so I worked with her for a while to kind of organize what she was doing for herself and her business uh, because her business is so important and so amazing as well. Uh, mm. That's where That's where I got started. Mm, good, good. So where do you go from here? Where do you see your business going what are your plans to build your business? Yeah. So my three services that I have right now, again, are my 90 day program. Mm -hmm. I have um, private COO coaching, and then I have uh, straight up consulting, which is more project based. And my plan moving forward for the next couple years, uh, at least, right, is to continue to grow my 90 day program because that's really giving people the the content to walk away with and to be able to have templates that they can use for themselves, continue my coaching, but then grow the consulting piece because um, the consulting piece is meant for businesses that are a little larger. And uh, that's really kind of what like gets my juices going because it's it's a mess of systems and organizations and processes. And I really love to untangle that for everyone and just make the path very clear. When I see some sort of, you know, people get it, they can see through the mess that they have right now. Um, and I don't say mess in terms of they're running a messy business. It's just when you get to that point, mm -hmm. there's lots of stuff. And so when you can see that to, through to get to your next level, that's, that's what I love to do. Did you pick a niche? In terms of industry? Yeah. No. I did not. And I actually had this conversation. I'm glad you're asking this question um, this weekend with uh, someone else who does uh, is a consultant, does similar to what I do. And she said people ask her that all the time, too. And we both said no, because when you have a process brain, everything looks the same to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you really don't need a niche because what I recommend for someone, you know, who I've worked with, that's an interior designer versus someone who is a CPA is essentially the same. And you wouldn't think that, but it truly is. So how do you connect with a specific kind of business when you're great at improving processes and procedures, but, but when, if I'm a, a business owner to a construction company, how do I know that you're the right person for me 
if you're not targeting yourself to a specific niche? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so yes, we're all taught to target to a niche. And what I target is where are you in the journey of your business? So the need of a solopreneur is very different from the need of someone with a small team to an organization of, you know, 50 to 100 people. And so that is how I really am able to uh, niche down there is I'm targeting where are you in the life cycle of your business because we feel different things and have different uh, different needs and different problems at each stage. And so I really go by stage. Okay. Do you have a preference of business size that you'd like to work with? I love solopreneurs and I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yes, I am one <laughs> myself. Um, I love solopreneurs. And again, I really, I, I want to stay with small business, but I really would love to work with an organization um, that is just deep in the stuff, <laughs> deep in the systems, deep mm -hmm. in the HR processes and, uh, and all of that. So I love to do that as well. It just, it hits a different spot for me. So I, I don't want to mm -hmm. be too heavy on one side, um, but I, I like the challenge of something a little bit more complex, but then I also, it's super impactful to work with a solopreneur because you're truly impacting their whole life. Danielle, this is great stuff. Uh, one last question, if I could. Um, what advice would you give somebody that's sort of starting to think about, you know, they're working their, in their job and they might like their job, they might hate their job, I, I, I don't know. But they're starting to think about this idea of having their own business, whether it's started with a side hustle because they need extra money or, or, or they just want to make the jump full time because maybe maybe they're about to hit retirement and and they want to they want to have something to replace what they're currently in what advice would you give somebody who's starting to think about this process i have two things to say one is find yourself a person so whether you want to hire a coach or you want to have a friend hold you accountable just someone so you're not in the journey alone uh, when we tend to sit alone, we tend to make less progress. Uh, and also we need someone who can be that thought partner for us because that's just going to help us think faster, think differently and be able to iterate more. And that's what's going to move you along. And then the second piece is really create goals for yourself. So this is this is what I help my clients, my solopreneurs with as well is make some milestones for yourself, even if you're unsure of where you are and what you're doing. Like I said, when I started my 90 day program, that was great for me because I wasn't really sure if I wanted to have a business. I just wanted to try it. So I said, Hey, that's a 90 day investment. Great. If I get to the end of that and I decide I don't want to do it, that's cool. And if I get to the end of that and I'm psyched, and I want to move forward, then that's great too. So make milestones and goals for yourself. So you have something that you're working towards instead of saying, I need to start a business that turns into a million dollar business. How are you going to do that? Good. Uh, great stuff here, Danielle. Really appreciate your time, uh, your insight and what you do. Uh, well, so many of us need 
improvements in, in the processes and procedure. And I'm I'm a process and procedure guy too, right? I'm you know I used to crank out SOPs, you know, standard operating procedures, you know, very detailed ones, you know. So I I got into that uh, a while ago, and so I I understand uh, the value of having those things in place. It really saves a lot of time, really saves a lot of uh, effort and frustration. And uh, uh, improving your processes is something that we all need. So Danielle, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Hey friend, thanks for listening. Hope there was real value in this episode for you that keeps you motivated to move forward in your vision of having a successful online business. If you'd like to dive into these types of issues, you can go to tomclaremont.com, schedule a free 30-minute discovery call, and we'll talk about your specific situation and how I can help. I'll put a link in the show notes. Friend, as always, stay encouraged, follow your dream, and don't give up.